It is Friday, December 24th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 16 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, we got a special holiday weekend of football. Two more games on Saturday. Hopefully none on Monday and Tuesday, although we've still got fresh COVID positives coming in, even including some notable players just before we started this one. Well, there will be, ga- there will be a game on Monday night, hopefully. You know, that we usually get that. Um, but yeah, hopefully no other games later. The, the, you know, the, the Island games are always fun um you know i think it makes our jobs a bit more complicated but i like being able to watch as many games as possible but yeah uh gabriel davis joins cole beasley on the covid list so josh allen down two of his top four wide receivers i think we'll get into that game a little bit on this podcast yeah honestly it's a game that i wasn't really planning to talk about a whole lot but i think it got a little bit more interesting given the covid situations there but we'll start at the usual spot we'll go to qb for cash jared on DraftKings. who do you like justin fields would have been tempting here at $5,200, but he didn't practice on Thursday with an ankle. So, um, you know, unless he's like full go today and not on the injury report, um, I'm probably going to stay away from him, especially in cash. I'm going to play Jalen Hurts probably at $6,400. It's actually tied for Hurts's cheapest price of the season. And he's $900 cheaper than he was when he faced the Giants just a few weeks ago. Um, Obviously, dudded in that first game against the Giants, one of, if not his worst games of the season. But that, that was only Hurts' second game this season with fewer than 16.7 DraftKings points. He's topped 21 DraftKings points in nine of 13 games this season. He, he's just he's just been good for fantasy. Again, he's he's underpriced here, I think. Um, I'm not worried about the Giants' pass defense. They, they've struggled the past few weeks now, and their run defense is bad. So I, I think Hurts, at minimum, is going to have a big game on the ground. Even in that first meeting, you know, when the Eagles' offense, uh, you know, Hurts turned it over three times, he disappointed. But even in that game, Hurts had 77 rushing yards. So, again, I, I just think he's underpriced here. Yeah, I certainly can't fault going Jalen Hurts. Uh, my primary quarterback across formats here, though, is going to be Joe Burrow at 5900 bucks. He's been over 17 DK points in three straight games before last week's dud at Denver, and we'll talk about the Broncos' defense a little bit later. But before that game, too, he had uh, 22. He was over 22 DK points in two straight before that Denver meeting. Of course, the biggest game of the year for Burrow came in that first meeting with Baltimore, who he gets again this week. And the Ravens are even worse now than they were at that point. They're down to 29th in pass defense DVOA. It's a pass funnel matchup here. The Bengals have kind of gone back and forth with which way they lean on offense, but we have at least seen them lean pass at times this year. So we know it's a possibility. This is a matchup that says that they should. And even though Joe Mixon looks like the ankle isn't as big an issue as we thought it was going to be entering the week, He's got to be somewhere short of 100%. So I got to figure that can only further motivate what should be a pass heavy approach for Cincinnati in this one. So I like Joe Burrow's safety. And then transitioning to the GPP side, Joe Burrow is going to be my favorite for tournament lineups as well. I think that 
prime matchups for Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. plus the attractive profiles of Jalen Hurts, Tyler Huntley, some other guys. I think all that's going to help keep Joe Burrow's rostered rate down yeah. from where it probably should be, given his price and his matchup. He has multiple stacking options, which we all know at this point, but Jamar Chase is 7,100, so not exorbitant. T. Higgins is still nicely priced at 6,200. Tyler Boyd, I'm less interested in, but 5,100, he's an option. And then C.J. Uzama at 3K, you know, a good option for tight end, can give you the double tight end stack if you want to run back. Mark Andrews on the other side at 7K. So I like the options that come with Burrow, along with just the upside that he presents. Yeah, almost too many stacking options. So I'm going to end up having to make, you know, three, four Burrow teams, I think. But he is my favorite tournament play for all the reasons you mentioned. The Bengals did go 59% pass in neutral situations in that first meeting with Baltimore. Uh, that was seventh highest on that week. It was, you know, up eight percentage points from their average on the season. So that, you know, they did play to the matchup and go pass heavy. I expect the same this week. I almost wish Burrow was a bit more expensive to maybe keep their ownership down a bit. He He's at his cheapest price since week three. Um, so I, I'm, I'm with you. He's, you know, my second favorite play in cash. Um, and I, he's my favorite play in tournaments. I'm also going to play Justin Herbert in tournaments as I've been doing most of the season. The Chargers, easily the highest implied total on the main slate at 28.25. As you said, they get that Texans matchup. So Herbert has, I think, you know, the, the highest ceiling on the main slate. And then I'm also going to play Matt Stafford in tournaments at $6,700. Um, it was kind of disappointing last time out in that, you know, funky, Tuesday game against a divisional opponent. Those games, you know, can always tend to disappoint, I think. Um, but I like this spot here against the Vikings. Uh, Minnesota 29th in plays against, so they've been giving up a lot of plays. The Rams are first in situation neutral pay, so I think there's a, a chance you get a you know, big play volume out of the Rams here. The Vikings are 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And I don't know how much to to weigh this, but the last time Sean McVay's offense faced Mike Zimmer's defense, it was back in 2018. Um, the Rams scored 38 points and Jared Goff threw for 465 yards and five touchdowns. You know, obviously different teams, um, but that, that's Jared Goff. And, you know, now we have, we have Matt Stafford. So, you know, that that's a taste of the upside you might have here with Stafford in this matchup. It's certainly also worth noting that uh, Minnesota's run D has had two good outings among the past three games. So it could be a matchup that favors the Rams throwing the ball a little bit more than they might otherwise. So yeah, no arguments against Stafford and his upside here. And of course, I'm sure we'll talk about his wideouts as we get to that position. Running back though for cash, Jared, is Justin Jackson at $4,200 a must if Austin Eckler is still on the COVID list for this game? He, he's not for me. I think so, you know last week he would have been. Um, but to me, there there are five strong cash game plays at running back this week. Justin Jackson's one of them. Um, I think Alexander Madison, James Robinson, David Montgomery, and Ronald Jones, along with Justin Jackson, are viable cash plays. So for me, uh, this is a week where you sort of build out the rest of your lineup. And we'll get to wide receivers. Wide receiver, to me, there's not many strong cash plays. So you know, I, I think you wait to fill your running back spots till the end based on what you have available salary cap wise. You know, I, I think to me, James Robinson and David Montgomery um, factoring in price and safety and volume are kind of my two favorite plays at running back for cash. Yeah. David Montgomery at 5,700 is not far behind Jackson in our DK dollars per point projections, despite a $1,500 difference in salary, 17 plus carries in three of his past four games. And more importantly for our full PPR scoring here, 
22 targets and 19 catches over the past three games for Montgomery. So I like him at Seattle, no matter who's playing quarterback for the bears in this game. And I agree that he's a primary cash option. I also agree that there's so much going on here that you don't need Justin Jackson at 4,200. Certainly the fact that he's facing Houston. And I saw Austin Eckler on the Yahoo fantasy football cast saying that people need to go pick up Justin Jackson. So that at least gives us another nod toward him being the lead running back there. If Eckler is not playing in this game. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be mixing Justin Jackson into my tournament teams for sure. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'll go away from those five running backs, even in tournaments. I mean, we'll see how the owners ownership shakes out. I do think Sony Michelle at 5,500, like in, in, in different weeks, you know, he, he'd be in play for cash. I think he's a good value. You know, we saw him play 73% of the snaps last week, even with Daryl Henderson back 18 carries and two targets for Michelle. So, you know, he's a guy where if, he, if he's coming in at you know 5% ownership because everyone's flocking to those other cash plays we've talked about, um, I think Michelle will be someone worth mixing into tournament lineups. Yeah, certainly worth considering. There's lots to like in that 5K range that we've alluded to. Ronald Jones is down there as well. James Robinson, you mentioned. Miles Sanders, we'll see about his health, but he's coming off a terrific game and going against that weak run D that you talked about for the Giants. Clyde edwards Lair jumps out to me at 5,800 bucks, likely to go lower owned, I think, than other guys Mm -hmm. in that price range. But he's coming off last week, not a high touch count, but a season high in snap total, his largest snap share since the opener, a season high in targets. So... If the Chiefs lose either Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill for this game, and of course they're both still on the COVID list as we speak, I mean, that can only raise Clyde Edwards-Elair's profile in the offense. And even if both of those guys came back, then we'd be talking about a full-strength Chiefs offense giving more scoring opportunities to everybody. So I don't think there's a scenario that makes CEH a bad play this week. The matchup just adds to it. The Steelers have been awful in run defense mm-hmm. last week, marked the first time since week nine that they held an opponent without a running back rushing touchdown. The Titans in that game still averaged 4.9 yards per carry. We had a hundred yard game for Deontay Foreman. The past five games have included two touchdown efforts for Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, the four touchdown game for Austin Eckler. So a great spot for CEH if the Chiefs are willing to give him the opportunities. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's another guy I think that would be getting more attention if this was a different week. So there's so many strong running back plays this week that, you know, some of these guys are going to get, you know, kind of left behind. And I think those are the interesting tournament plays. We'll see how the ownership shakes out. Wide receiver for cash. There's a spotlight on Antonio Brown at 4,900, the Chiefs 3K yeah. wideouts if Tyreek Hill remains out for this game. What do you like for cash, though? Yeah, I mean, the the, the two guys I'm, I know I'm going to be using are Antonio Brown. Um, and honestly, I mean, there, there's there's some risk here. I mean, the guy hasn't played since, I think, week six. Um, but to me, that's mostly negated by the price tag at $4,900. Um, you know, Brown already averaged 8.4 targets in his five games this season, and those came with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Um, so I think you're looking at a guy who, you know, could – could see 10 plus targets from Tom Brady. Um, Carolina is still dead last against number one wide receivers, according to football outsiders. So I think the matchup's fine for Brown too. Um, and then I'm going to play Cooper cup. I mean, you know, he's $9,100, but you know, he's just been money all season and he gets the Vikings who are dead last in adjusted points allowed to, 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 to wide receivers. And again, you know, being able to play those five K running backs, even Justin Jackson, if you want, um, it's pretty easy to get cup into cash lineups. Yeah, with those top priced running backs missing from this slate, I think Cooper Cup pops as like, you know, the biggie that you almost have to play uh, maybe across formats, but especially in cash here because he's shown his ceiling. He's shown that the floor is not all that far from the ceiling. 
this season. And there's enough value at the other positions to fit him in fairly easily. I do think that McCall Hardman, Byron Pringle, 3,500, 3,300 respectively are in the mix here as well. You mentioned the risk on Antonio Brown. You know, I do think there is real risk. It's also worth noting that the matchup isn't awesome. I mean, it's not, it's not scary, but Carolina has been a negative scoring matchup for wide receivers. So Antonio Brown could be fine physically and could still have just an okay game here. So those guys offer some more salary savings if you do want to pay up a little bit more for a running back or a tight end that we'll get to in a few minutes but you know all those guys certainly in the mix as we make our cash lineup plans gpp i kind of like looking at the other rams wide receivers besides cooper cup here i'm not going to say that i'm fading cooper cup but it's it gets interesting to look at Odell Beckham for 5,300. His numbers stunk last week, but the playing time was there. Van Jefferson's targets have been down the past two weeks, but his playing time is still there. And both of those guys in mid 5K range. And we already talked about the matchup. The Vikings are allowing more wide receiver fantasy points than any other defense. Yeah, I both those guys here too. They both just feel underpriced to me, especially Odell Beckham at 5,300. Um, you know, disappointed last week, but you know, we've already seen two. 19 plus tracking points games out of him with the Rams. So like that call, you know, I think if you're using Matt Stafford, you, you stack Cooper cup and one of these wide receivers with him. Um, last guy I have here is, is T Higgins. So, you know, you, you talked about with, with Joe Burrow, he's, he's my favorite stack with Burrow still the price different. I mean, Higgins at this point should probably be more expensive than Jamar chase, but you know, he's still significantly cheaper um, leads the Bengals with 35 targets over the last five games. Had three straight 100-yard games before last week. You know, the entire Bengals offense just kind of disappointed last week. So I'm going to write that off. Going to be expecting them to bounce back in this spot. Um, and Higgins had 15 targets in the first game against Baltimore. He disappointed. I remember that game. He struggled. He had a few drops. Caught just seven of them for 62 yards. But, you know, if, you, if we can get anywhere close to 15 targets out of Higgins on Sunday at this price tag, it's, it's going to be a big profit. I think every time that the lines for Higgins and Chase are about to cross in the graph, Chase just has like one of those two touchdown yeah. games. It's like, oh, all right, we're going to go ahead and spike his price back up. But yeah, I agree that they should at least be close and they certainly helped Joe Burrow to be interesting. I think one other guy is Tyler Johnson at 3900 bucks, a potential pivot off of Antonio Brown, who is probably going to be extremely highly owned in yeah. tournaments here. A uh, thousand bucks cheaper. Um, you know, obviously Antonio Brown is in a great position coming back with Chris Godwin out with Mike Evans, probably out, but he also hasn't played since week six. So I think that he is more worth trusting to rebound immediately than most guys in that situation, but it's still somebody returning to the NFL for the first time in 10 weeks. So there's a chance that he's not all the way there. So Tyler Johnson, I think presents some upside, you know, basically for the same reason there's targets available for whoever happens to get them and who's open on a given play. Tight end for cash. Jared, it looks to me like there's an inordinate number of low-cost options this week. Yeah. What do you like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a gross slate. There are plenty of cheap options. You don't feel great about any of them. Mark Andrews has been priced away up, so I think you know he's, he's tough to play in cash. Um, I'm going to go with Jared Cook in cash at $3,500. Um, you know, he has four-plus targets in five straight games. He has five-plus targets in four of those five games. He's averaging 5.2 targets over the last five and I think he probably gets at least a slight boost from that on Sunday, assuming Austin Eckler's out. We know Donald Parham is going to be out with his concussion. Uh, Parham's averaged 2.8 targets over his last six healthy games. So, you know, if Cook can even just pick up those or you know half of those. Um, and the matchup's good for Cook, too. Houston, uh, dead last in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings. They're 29th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, the risk is low volume here, but that's baked into a $3,500 salary. If he lets us down at 3,500 in cash, it's certainly not a killer. So I like Jared cook the best two for that combo of situation and ceiling. Cole Komet is interesting at 3,300 might be the best target bet in that range of three K guys. 10th among all tight ends and targets for the season seventh in targets per game over the past five weeks. So he's in the mix as well. $200 cheaper than Jared cook. Noah Gray is interesting at 2,500 bucks. If Travis Kelsey doesn't make it back from the COVID list, we did just get Blake Bell back from the COVID list. So, Hmm. you know, maybe that challenges things. I have no idea how they're going to divvy playing time and targets between those guys, but at 2,500, you know, minimum price, you're basically hoping for a guy to do anything and playing with Patrick Mahomes, even though it hasn't been the same as previous seasons, that's still one of the best places to be if you're just hoping to steal a touchdown. Yeah, I have Gray here as a tournament play. Um, you know, n- neither Gray nor Bell have been playing much, but the past few weeks, Gray has been running more pass routes than Blake Bell. So I do think he'll be the primary pass catcher. You know, Gray, Gray's a fifth round rookie, um, decent college production, not not a great athlete. He's kind of undersized. He, he There was some buzz on Gray this summer, though. Sounds like he had a good training camp. So I do think he will be the primary pass catching tight end if Kelsey is out on Sunday. Otherwise, for tournaments, I'm just going to, stack my tight end with my quarterback like on Herbert teams I'm gonna play Jared Cook uh, my Burrow teams I'm gonna play CJ Ozoma on my Stafford teams I'm gonna play you know the Rams tight end that I can't name anymore um, and just you know kind of hope that the big game from the quarterback carries the tight end along with him you should just call him Voldemort then everybody will know what you're talking about perfect yeah, it, it, if you're not playing Mark Andrews in a tournament lineup, I think, you know, it's the same myriad options that you mentioned. I, I love the ceiling on Jared Cook. I don't need Justin Herbert in my lineup to play him. I will play Mark Andrews and CJ Uzama in the same Joe Burrow lineup because then I can get that 3K flex guy in Uzama and pay up somewhere else to kind of make up for what, what I might be giving up at that position. Yeah, that's all I got for tight end. So we'll move on to defense and the Bengals sit at the top of our DK dollars per point at 2,800 bucks, a potential starting point here against the Ravens. Mm -hmm. But I prefer the Broncos at 2,800 here, Jared, against the Raiders. The Raiders have not scored a lot. They've scored 16 points or fewer in six of seven games since the bye. That, of course, is also the span since they lost Henry Ruggs. And Warren Sharp pointed out on Twitter, it, it was either yesterday or this morning, but Uh, The Broncos defense has actually been stingy starting in week eight. One of their past seven opponents has exceeded the Vegas projected point total. Just one out of seven has done that. And that was the Eagles. And they got a defensive touchdown in that one. So without that, Philly even would have been close to that projected point total. Collectively, the group averaged 16.6 points against the Broncos in those games. That same group of teams in their very next game has averaged 38 and a half points. So Denver is stopping offenses from doing what they want to do. And the Raiders are having trouble doing what they want to do, even without a good defense on the other side. Yeah, I just pulled up the updated lines and Denver now road favorites in that game um, in Vegas by, by a half point. But, you know, it's got a 41 point on over under. I do think it's going to be a low scoring game. So that, that makes sense. Um, I do think the Bengals are in play, too. You know, as you said, they, they are our top dollars per point value at defense. You know, they're three point home favorites against the Ravens. It looks like it's going to be Tyler Huntley again at quarterback for Baltimore. Um, but, you know, I, I think more importantly, the Ravens have allowed a league high 48 sacks um, that, that includes five sacks in their first meeting with the Bengals and Cincinnati is quietly tied for third in the NFL with 40 sacks. So um, you know, I, I just think they're a pretty safe floor play here for cash. 
Yeah, I like them as well. And I don't even really see much of a need to go above that because I don't see overly attractive defenses. What about you? You got any other targets here? I mean, Philly is attractive against the Giants. You got to pay 3600 for them. Um, so, you know, I won't get to them in cash, but I'll try to get up there in tournaments. Um, otherwise, if you want to go a bit cheaper than the Bengals and the Broncos, you have the Jets and Jags at 2,700 who play each other. You know, ne- neither defense is good, but both offenses suck. So there's some upside there. Um, and then I might consider the Falcons even at, at 2,400. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Tim Boyle again at quarterback for the Lions. So there, there's upside to the Falcons, even though they're not a good defense either. Yeah, I like the Falcons best among those options. The Jaguars not only already bad on defense, but also just lost their top pass rusher, Josh Allen, to the COVID list this morning. So some ugly stuff down there. I think I'm going to try to stay at the 2800 level unless I need that 400 bucks and go down to the Falcons. That's going to do it for this week 16 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can join the free DraftSharks Discord. Find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. If you're with us on the stream right now, stick around. We're going to take a small break and then fire up the FanDuel podcast. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.